I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers, and welcome to the round 25 preview episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by the MLS Fantasy Insider logo, certified non-political for your stadium banner needs. Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, well, yes, but no, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle, our resident MLS fantasy idiots. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Idiotic Yeah, well, we had to throw that out there. I don't know if those of you listening or who have joined us in live chat have gotten the opportunity to listen to the latest episode of Extra Time. And it's really hard for me not to say Extra Time Radio. The latest episode of Extra Time when uh, some some radio jockeys down in Atlanta called out some, I guess we decided it was Weeby and It was Weeby Bobby. and Bobby. I'm pretty sure they were mad about instant replay. That's that's what I can figure out. So so yeah, they got called out, called them the 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 pundits, the the league idiot pundits. So uh, we we had to we had to work that in. That may not be the only time that we work fantasy idiots into the show this week, but uh, very funny, very amusing to to see that happen. And I just, I loved just to watch Matt Doyle when that was happening. So fun times. Fun I got to watch the video. I was listening to it on the, on, on the call. Oh yeah, the video, that's that's where it's all at. As you all now know who are joining <laughs> us live, uh, we have our streaming working. So for those of you listening on SoundCloud or iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast, uh, we are live streaming our show every Monday night around 9.30 Eastern Standard Time and third time's a charm since YouTube changed how streaming worked through them. And uh, our video seems to be working pretty well now, so we have audio and video that's not super, super choppy. So I encourage you sometime, if you can, uh, please join us in, in live chat. We've got a fun group of people who come regularly to interact with us. It's a great opportunity to ask your questions when they're most important to you on these Monday nights, which is very important as we round out this season as we have a lot of Wednesday Double Game Week starts. So let's just jump right into it because that's what you guys are here for, fantasy. Let's talk about how you did in round 24 and some of our most surprising moments and takeaways. So, um, Mike, let's start with you with how, with how your team did, and then everyone over in live chat, uh, start posting your scores so we can mention those in just a second. Um, so I am the king of the fantasy idiots this week. I got 129. Um, not captain Zlatan, terrible idea. Um, I had Sterez, who got a red card, so that, that helped out. Um, my best, and by best I mean absolutely worst, I don't know why I'm still on this podcast, I probably should be kicked off, is I checked LA Galaxy's lineup to make sure that F. Alvarez was starting and saw Alvarez and was like, cool, he's starting, totally forgetting there were two Alvarez's on LA Galaxy. So I had a player with two points total for this double game. So, yeah, nothing went right this week um, other than, like, 
Uh, Minnesota defender is doing pretty well. Um, Barrios was okay, but um, wasn't worth the budget savings to not have Nani, who had a really great week. So, uh, yeah, um, pretty disappointing week overall. Ariega for Seattle um, was a total dud. Bunch of duds on my team, so yeah. Blaine, what about you? I got a 158 this week and moved up quite a bit again. I actually went with some of what the chat was talking about last week, and I brought in Blanco, which was a weak point in my team. But I know somebody mentioned, I can't remember who, it may have been Ryan, about Gregus and asking about him, and I actually brought Gregus in for a full 19 on that one, so that helped a lot. Um, Ladero got the 12, Valeri got the 12. I captained Zlatan, like I called out last week. I was like, go with the forward. I know you guys were both on Valeri and saying you were different than me, but Zlatan on a double game week, got to go with it. And so that gave me the 158. I'm not going to complain too much because I'm back up at 229 overall. Yeah, that uh, 158 was enough to help in the head-to-heads as well, I must say. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, as for me, it's really awkward to have to to stop pressing this push-to-talk key still. Uh, I did not get caught in that same trap as Mike. I did have stairs at first, but switched him to to um, Fletcher near the, the end, and so I was able to get 11 points there. I was also very happy with the Minnesota defensive results. They've been doing well the past several games in general. So I had Monone in defense, and I had uh, um, Metanair as uh, another defender. wish I had more, but I went with Kyoto on the front. And that was fine, too. He got 12 points, came off my bench. I also had Johnny Russell on my bench who came in with 8 points. Uh, low points for me, Savarino did not do anywhere as well as I would have hoped for someone with an 11 million price tag with 5 points there. Um, expected a little bit more out of RSL. If you were with us last week on the show uh, during live chat or even listening to us, we had some people in, in chat, and forgive me, I can't remember the specific name uh, we were talking about Johnson over at RSL, and uh, he did really well. So congrats for that tip. Uh, almost had me convinced to make it a switcheroo, but I was still very pleased with Kyoto as well. Had Brian Fernandez, had Zlatan on uh, my forwards. So happy with my forwards, but Pavone didn't do as much for me. I was hoping for a bit more than 10 with his double game week, and then Valeria as my captain, <clears throat> only 24 points. So um just a mixed bag. I, I had a solid 139, which I think was about average for most of the people in the top third of, of the fantasy players right now, the people who are still really competing. Uh, I think that was pretty average, just a few little missteps, and the, the captain is, of course, so essential each week. So not too bad. Let's – you have, were you going to say something? I was just going to say this was a big differential week. There, there was a lot of, you know, because, I mean, I was like 129, you were at 130, but we also had people like, we'll talk about Jay's score in a bit, a lot of, you know, 150s. Sure. I see a bunch of great scores in the chat, but it's kind of all over the place, 170, 169. Yeah, we got Chris. Chris has 133. Uh, then we got down here Joel with 154, Ryan 167. Hey, Ryan Skiles, he's one of our Patreon. Uh, welcome, man. Uh, Patrick 157. Um, got a 143. Scrolling down. Let's see here. Thomas 157. Again, Matt S 179. Jojo 169. Um, yeah, 171 from Chris. Very nice. 42nd overall. Well done. Now let's see here. Anything else we got here? Uh, which Ryan Anderson? That's right. We've got like a, 
we've got two. We've got two Ryan Andersons who jump in here sometimes and get everything messed up. So we're gonna we're gonna need to have uh, get one of those like um, capture bots or something to to prove who's what. Yeah, I see a lot of one sixties, one forties. Very solid score. So you guys did did awesome. Baird was also a great switcheroo. We'll get to that in just a second. So let's move on to how our hosts head to head league did and our Patreon league. So the first game head-to-head, there are actually only two games for us to mention this week because we had an MLS Fantasy Insider Derby going on. But first, Mike went head-to-head against Bobby Warshaw. And uh, even though Bobby Warshaw may be accused sometimes of being an idiot for his punditry, uh, this week (laughs) he did do well enough to beat Mike 129 to 143. So still pretty close. Still pretty close. Uh, However, he would have also beaten me, but that honor went to Blaine. This week in our MLS Fantasy Insider Derby, Blaine topped me 158 to 139. And I was so hoping for for this last game because I think I think I had 139 or 130. It was like one or two points difference going into the last game when Blaine and I were getting over the last few games. And I was like, oh, I might be able to pull this out. And, and I did not. I did not. <laughs> uh, Portland did not have very good results uh mike already teased it though the top honors this week go to jason wiskovich our fantasy mls fantasy insider host emeritus who topped everybody with a score of 179 i think he was in the top 15 might have been 14th overall uh for the top score this week so a very good score from jason and then sherry is still on top of the hosts invitational league with a record of nine oh and oh and she has extended her lead giving some padding right there over her next five chasers who all have two losses so uh sherry can definitely take a game and have a little slip up near the end but yeah she's she's doing amazing i'm looking forward to getting her on the show uh going to our patreon real quick uh we have hg who extended his lead to eight oh and oh and uh it's it's uh, pretty close with Patreon though. We we've got several people right there on HG's toe. So uh, amazing results, amazing scores. You guys are doing fantastic. Now let's start talking about surprising moments and fantasy takeaways. I'm going to talk to Mike and Blaine right now. If you're in chat, please start posting uh, your most surprising moments and uh, your fantasy takeaways for round 24. Blaine, let's start with you. So my bit, I've got three this week and they're all scoreline based um philadelphia getting blanked at chicago they seem to be in a down skid i expected a little bit more from them thankfully i didn't go in with them on fantasy but that one really threw me for a loop um uh, dc failing to score against vancouver is also a surprise i know that's one where if you're looking at road players that's one i was kind of maybe this will help maybe this will get them back on the right track and then Portland getting shut out at home. I mean, Portland doesn't lose at home very often, and Atlanta going in there and taking a 2-0 win on the road. I mean, that speaks volumes about both teams, really. I think Atlanta's definitely on the uptick right now. Um, they had that slow start, and they're coming around. But uh, Portland getting blanked at home like that is really worrisome going forward. Well, Portland's had real issues at home. I- I'm just not sure if maybe it's because their style – it's harder to do at home because when you have the full Timbers army uh, in front of you or behind you, I guess, trying to egg you on, it's harder to just kind of sit back and absorb and counter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we kind of saw that, especially in this game, because Atlanta got the early goal, and so Portland kind of got away from it from, from what I could tell, 
and that's just not you, you don't want to be chasing the game against Atlanta they'll, they'll just burn you on the counter um, Miles Robinson had a great game um, and, and offensively Atlanta is definitely clicking right now um, with, a, with a string of a really good result uh, for me the surprise of the round um, Blaine mentioned a bunch of them but I'm going to throw in San Jose losing to Sporting Kansas City um, you know, San Jose is a team that's chasing the playoff. They really shouldn't be losing to Sporting Kansas City right now. Um, that's a bad one. The other uh, big surprise um, for me was the kind of craziness in the FC Cincinnati New York City game, uh, the other MLSFI derby this game this year. Um, so I was actually uh, at a school function with my wife, getting messages. I was like. Penalty awarded, penalty miss, penalty awarded, penalty miss. It's not too often you have two penalty misses in the same game, uh, but definitely kind of a weird and wacky game. I mean, it ended up being the scoreline we all expected, but um, still still a, a weird one for the second edition of the MLSFI Derby. And I was also keeping up with that game through text alerts, but not because I was at a school function, because of flow. Sorry. Uh, so for myself, <laughs> I, I just don't I don't like that Flow FC has the streaming. It's just not it's not fun for me. Um, so for myself, Flo is the worst. I I've also got Portland's poor week. Uh, really hope for a little bit more out of them that second round. Uh, I know Atlanta's been firing on a lot of cylinders. I don't know if I say all, but they've been they've been doing very well on a good run of form, especially Martinez. Credit to that. Uh, but that cross-country trip to Portland with how Portland usually is at home, I did question that. Was hoping for some more points. Did not happen. That was definitely a big surprise. Uh, Sam Johnson and Corey Baird mentioned both of those players last week. I was more on the Corey Baird train uh, just for some of his more recent form because Sam Johnson had been injured. He came back. Both of them got a goal. Both of them are super cheap. So uh, pleasantly surprised. Props out to that for RSL. But the second game, they didn't do well. So definitely was uh, having them on the bench was the best place for them to be. And then I'm going to add Nemanja Nikolic to the scores. I was going through some of the, the recaps of these past rounds to see what I may have missed, and I did not watch a Chicago game. Uh, Nikolic is five goals in his last four games, so he is giving that goal-scoring performance to Chicago that we were all promised two years ago. So... Um, but that's just something to keep keep an eye on. It was surprising going into these final rounds. If Chicago can get something going, a lot of their players are cheaper because they've been struggling for so long. Yeah, and Nikolic is one of those streaky players, so he's definitely one to watch if he's getting hot. He's had goal-scoring opportunities all year. Um, if, if you've been reading, I mean, it's pretty much thrown the expected goals thing out the window because he's just been fluffing chances. If he starts getting in a run of form, um, he could very easily be one of the top scorers on a week-to-week basis in the game. So uh, keep a keep an eye on that one. Going to our live chat, uh, we have uh, several people, uh, Matt and some of our resident Canadians here, who have mentioned uh, both Montreal and Toronto, specifically uh, Montreal uh, coming back and, and getting, getting those points up there against, let's see, who did they go against Dallas last week? Yeah. Going against Dallas, uh, and it was Lassie Lapalainen who was a big part in that. I know we mentioned him a couple of weeks ago when he debuted and, and did well. Uh, he's not been every round, but that's one of my takeaways is just keep an eye on Lassie Lapalainen. He's, he's a great differential uh, when Montreal is in play. Maybe better with double game weeks, but if you need somebody cheap, he's he's been doing pretty well there. That was crazy. And then uh, also Toronto getting getting that draw with, with their game, so just 
Interesting things going on in Canada. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Wayne Rudy shouting at the fourth official. That was fun, too. <laughs> that was fun. There was lots of crazy stuff uh, going on right there. So, uh, yeah, Montreal blew the 3-0 lead, and it was it was pretty wild. Credit, though, to FC Dallas for being able to just to come back. That's a team you're going to want to look at. Uh, so fancy, let's move right into our fancy takeaways. If you're in chat, some of the, the important takeaways that maybe you guys noticed that you want us to comment on or you want to share. Uh, Dallas is one of those teams that's got to get some results. We're very quickly approaching that time of year where I mean, LAFC's already made the, the playoffs. So <laughs> short aside, short aside, this is one of the reasons why I like the playoffs because here we are, round 25. We could have six more rounds left of fantasy. And if this was the Premier League or any other league, pretty much, it would be like, well, LA's won. That's it. Whatever. And... And I get the system. For those of you who are, are, are English fans and other leagues who, who watch us, thank you so much for tuning in. But it's, it's just part of my American sports culture, possibly Canadian sports culture. I don't know how much with playoffs and stuff you guys do, but oh, yeah. I imagine this North American will do it that way. This North Hockey American sports. There it goes. I don't do a lot. <laughs> so the, the Canadian American sports culture, I like playoffs. I like that I can say, well, you know what? LA's in. That's fine. But someone like uh, a Philadelphia or a Montreal or, or a Minnesota or somebody, Seattle, could still come in and do some stuff. Um, random, random rant right there to say this is the time of season when we're getting near the end. The the bubble is coming in. The red line's coming in. Teams are going to have to be going for points. And so you have to consider that when you're making your fantasy trades. Uh, some of those teams will start to slack off. We might see more of the young kids playing. Some of those teams, like LAFC, are playing for records and playing for prestige. And, and they may, while there could be some rotations, players like Vela still want to pad their lead and want to make history and get their name in the record books. So... It's going to be interesting, and there are going to be considerations that we'll try to talk more about as we're winding down to the season. So um, I've I've lost my train of thought with that random aside. So we're talking fantasy takeaways. Uh, we started with Blaine last time, right? So Mike, yeah. what about you? Um, I, I've I've got two. One is kind of off of what we were just talking about the playoffs. And the playoff race is still really really tight. Uh, I mean, really, there's only about three teams that are like truly eliminated. Maybe one more. Uh, the Chiefs eliminated Vancouver, Colorado, and Cincinnati. Maybe you can throw in Columbus, uh, depending on how you feel about them. Um, even Houston, who just fired its coach, they're not totally out of it, but, I mean, obviously that's a different situation with coach. But everyone else is per still pretty much in it, still fighting for a lot of seeding, um, fighting for a home game in the playoffs uh, for that first round. Um, even a lot, most of those teams could go from anywhere from having a bye or at least hosting a home game to um, being out of the playoffs completely. So I don't see, I think a lot of teams are going to have to go for it. Um, you know, there's a conversation on extra time about, you know, San Jose's dip in form being because teams are now having to bring it 110%. You're not able to slack off anymore because you desperately need all the points. So I think we're going to be seeing that a lot uh, in this next few months until we see some kind of shuffling where teams can actually take a break. Um, the other takeaway I have is Seattle's in real trouble. Um, our, our good friend Ashley Savage wrote a whole article talking about it. The loss of Chad Marshall has really hurt them. Uh, they're not a team you want to target defensively anymore. Um, losing, conceding two goals against a 10-man LA Galaxy um, is really bad. And then they were really lucky to get that result. They deserve a loss. They were totally dead in the water against 
uh, Real Salt Lake, and that was before the altitude got to them. They were just pretty much outplayed and lucky to lose only 2 nothing. I think they lost 2 nothing. Maybe it was 3 nothing at the end. But, um, yeah, they're, they're a team where they're just struggling all up and down. Ladera only had 12 points this week. That's a pretty low score for a double game week for him. So definitely a team, I think, to avoid going forward unless there are some changes in transfer windows closed. And it doesn't sound like from reading Ashley's article, which I recommend to go check out on MLSVNL.com. Uh, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, I even felt safe not having him on my team this past week, which I know I saw a lot of teams with Ladero, and people were talking about if he was one of the must-have um, players. So, so yeah, for sure. Um, did I cut you off, Mike, or do you have some more? Nope. Okay, Blaine. Yeah, I want to echo what Mike said um, about the playoff race. Um, only one team has locked up a playoff spot, and that is the LAFC. And no team is mathematically eliminated yet. I mean, there's some realistically, a few people are gone, but or a few teams are gone, but mathematically, they're not done yet. So that's huge. Um, means every team's going to be putting it all out on the line here. They're, like like Mike said, everybody's playing for positioning right now. And some teams are getting hot towards the end that may make a playoff run. So don't count anybody out. Um, that said, um, fantasy takeaways, I didn't have as much this week. I mean, I can reiterate what some people said in chat to me last week was Orlando's defense is better than they look, um, mm -hmm. better than we've seen them in multiple years. So, yeah, they held Minnesota to one, one goal on the road, which is a – pretty good task for them um and then yeah just overall just keep an eye on the playoff races and watch for those teams really putting it all out there on the line right now i think it's a combination of both with that minnesota orlando game is that minnesota is struggling a little bit with some of its attack but yeah for sure i know i was i was mentioning last week about orlando's away defense being better than people uh tend to give it credit for so i think that's a great little combination to take away from there for myself, I'm going to add in and mention some of the, the good takeaways people have, have suggested in chat they want to hear us talk about. Uh, Colorado has been experimenting around with a little bit of a man-marking system. Uh, they definitely did it their last two games uh, of this. I've not been paying attention to see if they've done it anymore, but it was brought to my attention this double game week. Uh, helped them a little bit. They, they got a draw and they didn't lose very badly. Uh, this week so they didn't get didn't get the victories but it, it just makes me wonder fantasy wise if we start seeing some of these teams move to man mark it's definitely going to make some of those defensive players more valuable some of the defensive midfielders more valuable and it's really it really might be a system that's going to impact the offensive power of of uh, our offensive teams a lot so knowing which teams are playing the man mark could could really be beneficial fantasy moving forward which is not the many it's colorado and san jose maybe colorado question mark but that was interesting for me um, some of the things that have been mentioned from chat, uh, Pedro Santos has been filling in well for Higuain. I have to agree. I saw him live uh, at the first Hell is Real Derby, and uh, he is definitely doing some good things. Had a screamer of a goal right there. But, yeah, he's been filling in well for Higuain. Has been doing well uh, with fantasy points as well. Uh, see, we had a, a Brian Fernandez one as well. Let me find that real quick. There we go. Uh, Christian mentions uh, that one of his takeaways is that Brian Fernandez is only worth the gamble if both games are home, which I think that's pretty bold. Uh, Fernandez definitely has the skill and potential to do very well. He did very well when he came in, uh, but coming off that little bit of a knock that he had, I do think that definitely played into it. 
and just that weird result here with Portland. Um, I I think I think it's fair to say that maybe he's not a lock on a double game week, um, but I think he's definitely one to still consider. Mike. Well, I mean, he's had some injury issues um, when it comes in, but I mean, I don't know that I would say. I mean, I think he's like pretty much every other starter, which is that you're going to want to have if he starts the two games, but I don't think they have to be at home. I mean, if he's starting on the road, I think he's a pretty viable option because, I mean, actually I think that kind of helps Portland's system because they want to kind of sit back and absorb and then hit on the counter. Um, so I, I don't think that he has to be at home. In fact, I'm trying to pull up his numbers now. I think his numbers are actually probably lower at home, um, if anything. Yeah, like he's gotten 11 at the road at Seattle, um, 12 at the road at Philadelphia. I mean, he's a striker, so he, his numbers can kind of go up and down, but I, I don't think it's wedded to home or away form. Like, I mean, his last two home games, 14 against the Colorado Chicago Fire, and then two against Atlanta. So I, I don't think that home or away is a determining factor. He's not like Russ Mack last. I like this comment from Shannon who mentions that uh, New England's had some crazy sa- or Turner's had some crazy saves for New England. Um They've been a little bit of a rut. They haven't been really going as 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 hard or not getting as big results over these past few games. Uh, Turner did have some good results. Uh, Teton over there with Cincinnati had some good results as well with that PK save that we saw. If and you're definitely right, this is a double game week coming up. If it wasn't a double game week, players like like that would likely be good on your bench to help you with some value gains. It's also late in the season, but uh, good to point out, I mean, not Cincinnati, they're they're done, but if New England can get some stuff going, if they have some some good defensive form coming in, definitely uh, one to look at right there. Let's see here what else. Blaine's eating an Oreo brought to him by Lily. Uh, Oreo, please sponsor us. <laughs> please. We could do that extra time brought to you by, what was it, Cheese it and then we could be MLSFI brought to you by Oreo. That could... That could work. Uh, let's see here. Any other comments from chat? Uh, a lot of chats about Oreos. Well, I'll, I'll let you all keep talking about Oreos and chat. <laughs> and uh, we're going to move on to our housekeeping for round 25. So this is our Patreon housekeeping section. Uh, patrons, you guys are so awesome. Uh, as you saw me t- have the swag um, a couple weeks ago, I'm going to start getting... The uh, I've got some new shipping packages ordered. I'm trying to get some of the little little cellophane bags. I think that'll be easier to ship than the flat rate boxes that I've had before. So I'm going to get that stuff out. So look forward to start sending out some items soon. And then um, had some trouble with the shipping for the uh, spring fantasy league winners. A couple of the items actually got sent to my house, which I don't know how that happened because I was trying to be very, very careful about making sure they got sent. But I think in between getting the payment set up, some of the addresses might have actually gotten changed. So if you haven't gotten your, your spring prize from me yet, it's because it's probably on my porch. So, uh, well, it's actually in my kitchen. So I'll be getting those out to you as well. Let's get into the housekeeping, though. Wednesday, August 21st is the beginning of this double game week. A lot of double game weeks coming up, everybody, as we finish this up. Um, this one is uh, starting at 7 o'clock p.m., and it's with New York City FC versus columbus so uh keep an eye on that it'd, it'd be an Massive interesting rivalry. game 
massive rivalry. <laughs> Maybe that's the second game you're thinking of, actually. But uh, but what I am wondering that, Mike, I think you probably already had the answer to this question, so just just prep it for, for our next section, is, is about potential rotations for this mm-hmm. game after having the easier game against FC Cincinnati, but with their real uh, New York Derby coming up right then. So... Uh, that's that's the question I definitely want to talk about later on. The rest of the teams, of course, New York City FC, double home game. Columbus with a double away game. We have DC United, New York Red Bulls with a double away game. LAFC with a double home game. And then San Jose. Those are your six teams on a double this week. Nobody is on a buy. Everybody is in play. And that means if you're looking for some switcheroo options, I won't do budget starters just yet. We'll do that in the next section as well. But if you're just looking for some switcheroo bench fodder, I recommend looking at LA Galaxy first because they've got the last game of the round. And then take a look at Houston and Dallas. Between those three teams, you should be able to find 4.0 players who aren't going to play to be able to cover all the positions that you are going to have on your bench or potentially in your field for the switcheroo or otteroo options. So, all of that said, let's throw it over to Mike for the injury report. All right. um, One thing before we get into the injury report, we may have possibly the last time is our alert on random friendlies with Mexican teams in midweek. That honor this week goes to the LA Galaxy, who are playing on Tuesday against Club America, I think. Or, or maybe maybe it's Tigres. I don't remember who they're playing. Anyway, they're playing in Houston on Tuesday night, and Zlatan and Pavon. Pavon or Pavon? I've been saying Pavon, but... I'll go with Pavon because I'm gauging. So, Pavon, Galaxy, they were added to the roster late, I'm not sure if the MLS, if MLS just made them do that because they're mad at the Galaxy for resting all of their stars. But whatever, that's a lineup you're going to want to check out, obviously, because LA Galaxy versus LAFC is the second part of uh, that big double game week. And I know we're all going to have three LAFC players on our team. Probably. So check out for that. Make sure there's no injuries from that. Otherwise, um, the only big injury I know this week uh, was James Sands, who got a broken cow- collarbone uh, six to eight weeks out. Other than that, it's a whole bunch of red cards, which I wrote down. Uh, Zimmerman, uh, Gaetan, Sterez, and Herrera were the big red cards. And there were also a bunch of red cards midweek. I don't know if Disco will add on to that, but they got a midweek red card. It should be done. Disco adds on. So follow MLS Injury News for that update. Uh, Yellow card warnings, we do have a bunch. Um, Tati Castellanos, uh, Cheneau, Ring, K, Duncan, Parker, Ariola, and Canoose are from the Double Game Week teams. Those are all the guys uh, on warning from what I can tell. I'm not sure if anyone will be added on. I'll try to check and update that later uh, in the week. So that's the injury situation going into this Double Game Week. Uh, we have two clarifications from chat for us. Uh, we have Patrick, who is letting us know that Cruz Azul is who LA Galaxy is playing. And then Shannon says, yes, it is Pavone. Sounds like own. So... I, that's that may be a first of when we actually got the pronunciation right on our first guess. I got I got a bear right, which most announcers well, are still I mean, getting wrong. But like he's from your team, so like I feel like that's like you should no, get most of the players. No, but I got it players. before. Okay. Because okay. I'm a Cajun, and I everyone like half the people around here are named. But that's Bobby a bear is a famous Saints quarterback, so that's all oh, Cajun New Orleans stuff. That's nothing to do. But that's why the whole. Um, uh, the plane got you confused, though. Yeah, that's that. That his name is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's just wrong. 
Uh, yeah, that's 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 really My, good. I mean, you know, if he, I mean, when he when he learns how to pronounce his name correctly, then he can come back and apologize. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I used to work retail, and I had someone come in one time and and tell me what their name was, and I looked down at the note that I had, and I was and I thought the same thing. Like that's that's not right. That's that's not your <laughs> name. Okay, enough of that random aside. Let's move on to our ESPN Plus Round 25 preview. If you are in chat, start thinking about the questions that you have for this round. Uh, if you can, please time them with the section that we're talking about, keepers, defenders, all that kind of stuff. So, But I want to start seeing those questions as we come through. Think of them because, as with every week, I ask the questions that Mike and Blaine forget about every week, and it is uh, what are your best or the best or multiples your best match for fantasy points, and do you have any players who are a hard pass right now? Let's start with you, Blaine. A uh, match for fantasy points. That's a good question this week. I actually did look at this, and then I saw one that made me double do a double take. Um, I actually kind of like the New York Derby in the at the second game. I think they could be wide open there. Uh, Red Bulls are on a little bit of an upswing right now. I think this one just could be a wide open game with lots of goals. Mike? Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably true, but um, I'm going to pick uh, El Trafico. Um, I, I think we've seen that be a, a goal fest in, in years past, and I don't expect that to change. Uh, especially Zlatan coming off of a good week. We know he'll care about this game. So I, I just expect a ton of goals and, and real feisty action, a few, maybe a few red cards. Um, that's kind of the game I'm really looking at. And then hard pass, hard, any players that are a hard pass. There we go. I got that out for you, Mike. Uh, no, I, I, I think pretty much all of them. I mean, um, Maybe like Ariola for DC United, Lucho Acosta. I mean, DC's struggling, so that that's kind of the, my only concern. I wouldn't go too much DC offenders, although I, th I think you could go with Wayne Rooney. I mean, spoiler alert, I'm not, but uh, I think that's really DC midfielders is probably the only hard passes for me this week. Blaine? Um, probably say Columbus and Red Bull defenders. I mean, two road games each. Just don't even keep those guys on your radar. Just look at somebody who's got a home game. Then I'll throw in a third question because it is a double game week, so we'll make this. I know someone's going to be thinking about this. Are there any single game week players who are on your radar right now? Either of you. Uh, no, you have, I mean, you have two teams on a double game week with two home games and they're the top that are the top two in points per game uh, in the league. So, I mean, you've got six players pretty much from those two teams, I think. So I think you can fill out with enough good quality players from the other uh, four teams to fill it out. So, Plus it's a rivalry week, so it's, you know, weird things happen all across the league, so I think you're much better off taking the double game weeks and taking your two shots. Blaine? Yeah, the only single-game week players I can bring up a little later, they're switcheroo candidates on the second leg. They're the cheap options that you could easily jump to if one of your double-game week guys doesn't work. Yeah, I think that's where uh, single-game week players are going to have their best potential this week as is some of those 
uh, late round switcheroos after you see a few of the scores. Thomas does bring up an interesting suggestion in chat. He talks about uh, Toronto versus Montreal as a high-scoring game this week. He said uh, last year their, their only home loss in 2017, I guess two years ago, uh, was against Montreal in this game, and that was a 5-3. So lots of potential go goals, maybe Josie. So um, that, that could be one that people keep in mind if they are looking for some switcheroo ideas. Let's move on, though, to our Keepers, Defenders, and Shutout opportunities. If you have questions, chat, start posting those now about Keepers and Defenders. Blaine, who do you like? Um, i go strictly with the double game week here. Um, I like Sean Johnson for the price uh, compared to the other double game week Keepers. Uh, this is a double home, so that does work out favorably for him as well. So you're cashing in on that. I think your only other double home is Tyler Miller and... Uh, for the price, and given the rest of the way LAFC stacks up, definitely not worth wasting one spot on the goalkeeper. Um, I say that, and then I have Jordan Harvey on my defensive line, so I'm not using that third spot for the attack, so Miller would be a good one for that. But I just like the offensive power Harvey brings, and I like his average that he's got. And then I went with a pair of San Jose defenders in Ooh. Youngworth and Lima. Uh, just because I'm using the other spots elsewhere for some of the double game week teams and thought San Jose's got a pretty good shout. That Vancouver game could be money for them, so going with it. And then a uh, cheap option for Otteroo, Switcheroo. Um, I've got Kendall Waston on the bench. I can't. I think he's still playing. I don't watch much FC Cincinnati. Reed will correct he me if he is still playing. But at he does. He 4 does. yeah. I mean, at 4-0, you can put him on the bench as one of your scrub spots that you would normally fill with a 4-0 player anyway and have that option coming off the bench if you want it. Mike? Um, so I kind of disagreed with Blaine, um, and I went um, with a little bit of New York Red Bulls defense. Um, and the reason I did that is because D.C. United has really struggled to score. Um, we know that they have a long trip back from Vancouver this week. Um, so I kind of like them as a decent shout at a clean sheet. And, and the bigger issue for me was that I wanted um, to make sure I had the offensive capabilities. So what I did is I have Robles in goal right now um, in a keeper I have Segura and Tinnerholm. Um, Tinnerholm particularly is why I didn't go with Sean Johnson because I wanted Tinnerholm's offensive capabilities. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk in a separate section about a rotation. Uh, I have Lawrence from the New York Red Bulls. Uh, and then in the kind of like a defender room um, is uh, Mora from DC United. I know I've just trashed DC United, but he's 4.7, so decent. And I can I have enough money that I can throw someone else in um, if DC United goes really bad. Who's your keeper room? I have Robles. I mean, it, I, I would throw someone else in um, probably San Jose's keeper. Um, Vega, if, if on, necessary. I guess you will see that score. You say so you're going to do that after Robles' first game? Yeah. Very interesting. For some reason, I thought Tenor Home was questionable. Well, yeah. So, so I mean, this, I mean, people have been asking me about rotation, so I'll just talk. So, Tenor Home didn't play the last game. Um, I, you know, he had hamstring tightness. I'm assuming he'll be okay. Obviously, if not, you can change him around um, and kind of free up some money that way. Um, but I, I pretty much put him in because he's the most expensive defender and he's the one I really want 
uh, for the offensive capabilities. I, I think it will be at home. I'm kind of thinking that they're doing more rotating with him, uh, especially keeping him off the turf, turf at Cincinnati. Uh, I think that's part of it. I feel like that's probably a game they felt like they could put Miller out there uh, and not get burned too badly, and they were all right. And it's kind of what they've been doing. Um, and just in general, it's you know, Tinnerholm's got a lot of minutes, so that's why they brought in Miller is to kind of let him get rotated. But I think for New York City, now you're playing two games against Eastern Conference foes. These are home games. They're must-win games if they want to catch Atlanta and pass them for that first um, bye. So I don't think the, the, other, the only rotation concern I have for New York City is up top whether Ebert or Tati will get a bench. That's I think Morales huge. plays both games. Um, I, I would expect Ring to play both games, especially with Sands being out. Um, you, you might see Ofori over Parks, but that that's that's my ring concern. It's because I'm assuming, unless Jenner Home is genuinely hurt, I'm assuming that your rotation is going to happen up top of the board. Good advice. Yeah, no, that uh, with with the potential of Jenner Home playing, that would impact my actual team at at the end of of the week. Uh, check for lineups, everybody, uh, because I was looking. Oh at yeah, between... I should have said this. Tinnerholm went full in practice today. Oh, good to so, know. So was running great, looked great, uh, according to the media people on the scene. Um, I think Callens was also practicing as, as well. Um, I don't think he played last week. So, yeah, I mean, from what we can the best information we have, he's looking okay. Yeah, I think you guys have some great uh, suggestions right there. Uh, I currently have Johnson myself. In, in my keeper spot, uh, I was thinking about going with somebody. Budget Vega is not a bad idea. Likely not going to do well against uh, L.A., but in that second yeah. game against Vancouver, uh, banking on, on those points. Robles is sneaky. That's that's a sneaky one I can definitely appreciate. But I feel with that one is you're sort of going the other way. If, if Vega is, well, I'm going to ride off the first game and hope for the second game, New York's is probably got a good shot at the first game, but... Red Bulls is I got a good shot at the first game, but maybe tougher in that in that second game. So maybe one and one either way you look at it. And and also I we haven't talked about I think the team to really be concerned about rotation this week isn't New York City. I think it's actually and I'll tell you why. That game against San Jose does not they've already won essentially the supporters shield. It's just a matter of when they're gonna clean. Um that game against San Jose is not going to mean the game that means something to them is the LA Galaxy because that's the big game. And the knock against them is that they haven't won the big game, losing an RSL to the playoff, bowing out early in the Open Cup, and losing or drawing every game against the LA Galaxy. So although Bob Bradley has shown in the past that he's generally more go try to win every game, it wouldn't totally surprise me if we see some rotation in that San Jose game. So doing Robles allows me to see that lineup. Um, to see sure. if Bell is on the bench or, or whatnot, because that I think that's the bigger issue this week for me. That's the, because they don't care about the game. They they only care about the LA Galaxy. So for me, all the stuff we said about the all the games mattering, it doesn't matter for LAFC. So could I see Bob Bradley being choosy and making sure he beats his rival? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. And that's like we were saying at the top of the show. That's where I'm looking at the wrong camera. I have too many things. Uh, like we said <laughs> at the top of the show, that's where a lot of these end of season rotations and and playoff schedules start to come in into play. And you can already see it right now in some of this advice that Mike is is giving out. Uh, to round off, I thought it was interesting, Blaine. Your your San Jose 
options. I was looking at Tommy Thompson. Perhaps that's a budget thing. He is pretty expensive at 7.3. I have Segura right now. I think someone from, from LAFC on your defense is okay. I mean, you could definitely load up heavy with the offense, but I think you have some other offensive options. Uh, and so I think Segura is he's a little bit cheaper of an option, but I've got some money left in my bank so I can upgrade if needed. And then I am actually putting Harrison Awful on my bench. I know you were t I have Lawrence as well. I like I do like the Red Bulls. Um, I was looking at the Columbus and they have two away games, but with the home teams, I, I don't I want a lot of the offensive players. And and Awful has the offensive flair. He's going to go up against Cincinnati, which has been struggling some, and he's he's pretty cheap uh, as well. So uh, I like them with the shot of having, I like him with the shot of having two points. So I think that's another kind of kind of a little budget guy you might consider as well. I'm going to chat chat real quick before moving on to our midfielders. I get my button. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, we're just talking about. Um, some of the same things. Sims getting his visa and uh, Tinner Home and everything. Just watch out for Tinner Home's potential yellow card. So, um, Awful has the offensive flair. No, I'll stop. Haha. No, Thomas, that's good. I appreciate those. No, Tinner Home didn't have the um, yellow card. It was, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's Sweat, Ring, Toddy, and Chanel. Oh, that's my fault. Mike, yellow, yellow dot. dot. My bad. My bad. Yellow dot. Got it. My bad. All right, let's move on to midfield. If you have any midfield questions, chat, please post them right now. I'm uh, going to start out with um, Tarvin Odos from from Reddit who wanted to know who the best cheap auto auto route bench fodder, someone like Corey Baird was last week for this round. Uh, let's just answer those during your, your questions, guy, or during your, uh, your answers, guys. So, Mike, midfielders, who are you looking at? Um, I, I spent a lot of money on midfield this week. Uh, pretty much, I spent all, a lot of money up top. Um, a lot of premium guys. Um, Atuesta, I mean, he's been doing really good. He's, I mean, I think he's, he's averaging 7.5. Um, and, I mean, what he's been doing recently, he's pretty pretty consistent at about that number. Um, so, I think he's probably, in, well, I don't know. You Depending on which LAFC midfield you go to, I, I think he's close to must own. you got to have a LAFC midfield, right? Uh, Max Morales. Um, you know, unless he gets rotated, uh, I think he's gold. He's on penalties, really consistent passer. Um, then I have uh, Pedro Santos from the crew. Um, you know, people in chat talking about him. I think he's a good option. And, you know, plus he has a game against Columbus, I see Cincinnati. So that's a good opportunity. Uh, and then I have Erickson, not expecting a whole lot from the LAFC Mac, uh, but he gets decent enough scoring that I don't think it'll be too bad. And then he'll have a good opportunity against Vancouver. And do you have a cheap switcheroo option in midfield or just in general? Um, I just put E. Alvarez on my bench, but my strategy this week was I only have, like, you know, what I said earlier in defense um, with Mora and Robles just to kind of see if that goes. But otherwise, I'm just putting all my money um, into my starting team this week. Sure. Blaine. Yeah, so I kind of went the same way Mike did on some of this, and I actually sorted my double game week players, and I had I just basically went down the top of the list and selected add, 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 add. Lame. Um, so Atu. Yeah, well, I, I wanted to sort for them, and it was Atuesto, Morales, and Pedro Santos were the top three on price. I did skip uh, Christian Eriksen and went with Vaco instead. I know there was a question in chat about Vaco. I I kind of prefer him versus um, Vancouver. And just think he's, 
I, I like him this week. And then I went with Tchaikovsky for Red Bulls. Um, needed a little bit of Red Bulls coverage. He's been impressive these last few games. And I think at 8.1, he is worth a shout. That's kind of your value option. Um, but if you want my real value option, uh, Jackson Ewell for San Jose at 7.2 has been putting in some really good work. He's got a 4.6 average, which is great. And I don't know if you guys saw the highlight. If you haven't, go see his, like, 60-yard assist this week. Uh, that perfect ball from basically inside his 18-yard box on up uh, was fantastic. So any player who can do that at 7.2 is definitely worth a shout if you're looking for somebody cheaper. Well, I will just have you know that I did not sort by double game week and, and the points <laughs> and go down the list uh, for making my picks. And, and the midfielders that I settled on were Atuesta, Max, Morales, Faco, and Pedro Santos. Um, but, but I did not sort by that list. Uh, I will add, though, that if you're looking for a, a cheap switcheroo option and this is why i put this question here because i think i've got a good one at, at at midfield it is it is totally a a punt uh but you could probably make it work with with the, the way the teams are lining up with your three three positions like i said totally a punt the guy doesn't play a lot but um sorry i lost my my note <laughs> But uh, you could go to uh, Cincinnati and look at a com. He is super cheap. He got a goal last week. He doesn't get a lot of minutes, and that could be a pretty decent option coming off the bench, off your bench, because he'll probably come off Cincinnati's bench as well with a double game week, with a, a rival, with a second hell is real. So uh, a com could be a pretty, a pretty potent switcheroo option this week if if you're looking at other options and I, I think this is why we're going to see a lot of similarity in oh hello lily <laughs> i think you're going to see a lot of similarity in the double game week teams in midfield this week uh, because when you're going through there yeah you're looking at max morales you you might go with ring but morales i think has the higher higher ceiling for your potential right there so that's going to be a budget decision probably columbus is going to be on the road santos is the clear option there if you're looking for somebody else maybe it's trap maybe you're taking a flyer on diaz i don't i think he's classified as a as a midfield there um, but it's it's still just punts you don't want anybody from dc at, at best they have some options who are budgety but maybe off the bench but they've just not been doing well at all Red Bulls, Blaine has has some good options for Red Bulls. They're, I think they're filler. I think the Red Bulls are the players you're looking for this week since they're on, on the road that I've got some money. I don't really like Columbus or someone. Maybe I'll just get a guy. Red Bulls are the guy, kind of guys. You, we, Royer, those guys are the kind of people you'd look at. LEFC, it's Atuesta or K. That's who Mike was talking about. Um, and, and Atuesta usually is the one who's on lots of those set pieces. And so for me, he still takes the number one right there. And then San Jose, it comes down to Erickson or Vaco pretty much and and i still like Baco. he had an assist i don't think he did anything last week got some bonus points with i think a five before that he had an assist he kind of bounces around between five nine seven kind of points he gets some good averages and every now and then he just really goes off and so i i still like Vaco over erickson but really either one of those players would be about on par so that's the midfielder outlook as far as i see it anybody else is just to meet a budget or just a, a punt switcheroo yeah, read two, com two comments on there. Uh, the K versus Atuesta debate. Uh, K is on yellow card warning, so if 
it's a budget thing, go with K. Otherwise, go with Atuesta because that first yellow card in that first game would would be terrible for you. Um, and uh, Shannon asked about Royer. Um, <laughs> Royer is definitely your number one midfielder from Red Bulls right now. It's kind of Royer, and then do you think Kaku's going to have a good game, or do you go with Tchaikovsky, who's had a little bit uh, more consistent performance, but a little bit lower ceiling? But yeah, Royer is definitely your premium or your most premium guy there. If you're going to take one and you have the budget for it, I went with Tchaikovsky this week because I don't really have the budget for Royer and doing everything else I want to do. I wanted a little bit more expensive defense, um, but I could easily shift some money around and go with Royer. So if so, if Kaku's still here next year, Blaine, I think you got to talk to San Jose, to Sporting Kansas City, to get the cauldron to, like, when they, when they call his name out with the starting lineup, everybody just, like, flinch. I think that could be pretty funny. Sorry, Mike, go ahead. I, we, we can make that happen. For, that. <laughs> um, for, for me, the issue, um, I, I actually had Royer in my lineup until I realized the way Pedro Santos is going against Cincinnati, and then I switched it literally as his podcast was going <laughs> Travis is playing No Man's Sky, everybody. Sorry, that's... Travis is playing No Man's Sky. I forgot to hit the push to talk oh. button. Um, the Another one of our MLSFI Emeritus guest hosts. Gotcha. I thought you were signaling to me. I was trying no, to no, I'm on. like, Travis, he's, he's playing... I got my... I forgot to turn off Steam. You can see my notifications. Oh. Um, all right. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll start over. Um, so, the, I looked at... I had lawyer on my team because I wanted someone from the bed. Um... I did not go with Rutowski because if you look at the history, he has literally not played one of the double game week teams or one of the double game week. So, um, so like, for example, week 11, he took the second game off against that week 13. He took the first game off against Vancouver week 18. He took the first game off against. So um, even in, in week 20, he did play a little bit. He clearly came off the bench against Orlando and only played 36 minutes. So for me, He's not good enough to sacrifice, you know, for some other double game week player. I think Royer did play more of those games, but that is an issue with the Red Bulls midfielders. So I think Royer is a better option for Chowski for that purpose. Uh, but that's something to, to take and consider. All right, let's move on to our forwards now. We have another Reddit question here from RWS723, uh, who just mentions Brian Rodriguez, who is a, a new signing for LAFC, coming over to play, and wanted to know if we would see Brian Rodriguez. I believe he's coming in as a designated player, and uh, I think we will, probably in the derby game. Maybe maybe get a little bit during this first game, just to kind of see, get run around for the last 20 minutes or something. Maybe CM part of the Derby game, but I would in no way, shape, or form get him this week. I think he's nine million as a forward. There's, there's a better LAFC forward option this week that I hope we cover going forward. So, um, chat if you've got questions for forwards, post them now, and let's start with you, Blaine. Um, I think the obvious one is Vela, but what? I've got a bear to go with him. I, yeah. Um, Brian Rodriguez, I'll just, I'll take on that challenge. Um, no, I can't justify that this time around. Uh, not when Diamande is at 8.9. Uh, he's got a little bit better proven record. And really, you're going to be looking at a guy like Rossi if you're going to be looking for the second forward. Uh, Blessing's now a midfielder after the spring fall break, so that's really good. Um, if I see Brian Rodriguez starting that first game, which if Mike is correct saying they will 
fluff off that first game a little bit. That would be a good time to get him acclimated to the team. Um, don't expect him to start game two. So just don't, I wouldn't consider him a double game week forward. Even if he starts game one, he may get a cameo in the, in El Trafico, but I wouldn't count on him doing a whole lot. Um, I would rather go with a guy like Blessing or a guy like Diamande and fill out the roster if you're going to take a third attacker behind Atuesta and Vela for this week and go with somebody who's a little more proven. We've seen time and time again where mid, uh, mid-season acquisitions just don't quite acclimate the way you want to. Um, I know chat had a question for a third striker this week. Um if I was going to go for a third striker in my lineup, it would probably be Zardes, and I'm keying off on that second game versus Cincinnati. Um, I'm not very I'm not very high on that pick, but that is one that I would look at. And the other one is Tati for New York City. Um, if Hebert and Tati both start that first game, um, I think it's a good chance to go ahead and grab, grab both of them. Um, but if I see either one of them benched, it's going to make that decision a whole lot tougher. But Vela and Abe are the only two I have in my lineup currently. Mike? So I, too, have um, Vela and Abe uh, in my lineup currently. I, I think Abe has been a tremendous chance. Uh, he's really consistent fantasy producer. Uh, and anyone watching this or listening to this podcast doesn't need me to talk about how good uh, the only things I'll mention is I think Rodriguez has been brought in more to replace Rossi rather than anything else. So I think if any fantasy impact is more on Rossi, if you were considering having two LAFC forwards. Um, for me, Abair over Toddy, uh, the yellow card issue is, is an issue. Um, I mean, rotation could up in that. But, uh, I mean, Abair has been such a consistent producer. I think it's hard to turn him down this week. Uh, and he's still relatively cheap. Um, because he's had those games where he's been subbed on, which has kind of helped neutralize his value a little bit. So I think he's still pretty pretty good. 10.4. Plus he came in. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, considering Vela is 14.5, <laughs> it's like, oh, 10 is nuts. nuts. Um, if I had to go for a third striker this week, um, it would be Wayne Rooney. Um, even as much as DC has struggled, he's still been very consistent. Um, and so I think he could put up the, the bonus points and produce – um, Zardes has been a little bit more hit or miss to me, uh, and he's not that much cheaper. So if I had the money and was going, uh, I would go. You know, I, to me the midfielders are a much better option. You just have too many consistent mids this week, who are pretty who are more much more likely to put up uh, double digit. I am shocked, frankly. <laughs> Reed, can I cut you off really quick for a question for chat? Sure. So, chat, I would never do this, but I'm curious who would. Um, if Brian White for Red Bulls is seriously injured, I know he got stepped on ankle roll and had to come out of that game, would you take Bradley Wright Phillips on the double game week? Oh, shoot, I missed that. Oh, yeah, you... sorry, you forgot that one, and I didn't even yeah, think sure. about it. He got uh, – yeah, he, um, one of the New England players went – follow through on his kick i mean he won the ball there was no intent no malicious effort to it just stepped on his ankle and rolled it pretty good and he had to sub sorry we missed that in the early in the injury report looks like that's a unanimous no for chat right there i i would put him in as a as a switcheroo because that dude hates new york city he loves scoring goals in new york city he, he would terrify me if he's on the field i hope he's off <laughs> and Five point five point nine. Five point nine? Yeah. I mean like I mean, you have money. 
Wanda Wanda six point nine, and we're not talking about him for the second game versus uh, well, Vancouver. Well, yet you I... haven't let me go. Oh, right, go read. I am going with Vela Abair and Wando Chris Wondolowski. He is my third forward right there on the bench. Uh, I I think he's he's a great option. Scored last week. Has he's a little bit hit or miss. Has the record though. I think surely he can get himself into some position and maybe get some bonus points. But um, Wando is my third forward option for this round. So are you going with three forwards? I am going with three forwards. Yep. <laughs> I have uh, Morales, Atuesta, Vaco, Pedro Santos, Abair, Vela, Wando on the bench, and a pretty decent defense. And I still have one point three in the bank. So I, I, I think as you can kind of get on um, this game, this this week is probably going to come down to your defense because I mean most of the midfield I think are pretty pretty set forward. I, I mean we haven't given our captain. Pick. I was going to say, and the reason it could be defense is because of the captains. Blaine, who do you want? Oh, come on. Give me that Wando on the double game week. No, it's got to be Vela this week. ACV, Mike. Yeah, I mean, it's ACV, but let, let me throw out this uh, and Chad can answer it, too. If Vela is on the bench in game, what do you do? Do you still captain Vela? Do you switch it to Astuesta? Uh, for me, if Vela is on the bench for game one, um, I would probably go with Maxi Morales. Maybe Atuesta. But you won't but have seen I, that. Yeah, I mean, other I would, games of a, so that's because that's the situation true. we have. If LAFC does do a that's big true. Look, all those I'm other not games thinking about that. Block. I, uh, I would probably play it yes. safe, go with Atuesta, and grab the points. See, for me, I'll just leave him. Just like, screw it. Give it he to him. If he comes in, he'll be... <laughs> because otherwise, it's like, well, i best a, or a San Jose player for a double game because a single game. Vela probably come in and score like a brace anyway. Right. You leave it on Vela and then watch Chris Wondolowski get a double hat trick this week. That's what happens. Because MLS. That's right. That's right. Because MLS. No, obviously, the because MLS this week is DC United right? Right, there it is. There it is. Getting a hat trick against you, because that's what chat said. Darn you, chat. For sure, Patrick. I would leave it for El Trafico. That's huge. All right, guys. That's all that we have for the show tonight. I am also on on Vela, clearly, as my captain. Uh, We'll hang around for a few minutes after to talk with with chat. So be sure to join us next week if you want to get uh, involved in chat, if you're listening to us right now. Uh, Any plugs as we close out? Blaine? Uh, Nothing from me this week. Mike? Uh, you can at injury incidents at MLS injury news. So I don't have to find out during the podcast. There we go. There we <laughs> Sorry, go. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> you better have Lily bring me an Oreo. For that. That's right. I'll do that. Lily, Oreos. Bring me an Oreo right now. <laughs> and of course, for myself, you can catch everything at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Check out the articles that we have over there. It's pretty good stuff. And you can also subscribe to my weekly MLS fantasy newsletter delivered straight to your your inbox so i guess i'm one of the idiots at mls who who sends out advice uh but you can subscribe to that at just search for newsletters mls 
on uh, on Google and you'll find that. And also, please be sure to check out r slash fantasy MLS, the, the Reddit subgroup, subreddit group, which is an amazing place, and the Discord chat for MLSFantasyBoss.com. There's a lot of fantastic people right there. Older Goaler has done a great job keeping that community robust, as well as the regulars who are in there just to hang out and talk all sorts of stuff. So thank you so much for listening, everyone, this week, and good luck.